Welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast, special edition, episode 100. This is Altai, joined this week by... Omer. The one and only Big Gumble. Matt. And Shirelia, the AI. <laughs> the AI. Can you pass big, the turn Obviously, test? Big, big face reveal this week. You can see Shu's animated face over here. But yep. of course, we're celebrating... The hundredth episode of the podcast, you can oh see a God. wonderful little uh, layout we got going on with party hats, mustaches, cat ears, and all the fun festivities. And before we jump yeah. into our week, uh, apparently, uh, my one mustache wasn't enough. <laughs> so you got you got a chest mustache. <laughs> and uh, I uh, I can't believe we made it to a hundred. I, I can't either. Actually, I'm surprised. Here we are. Oh, yeah. I'm it, surprised you guys feel. I'm surprised you guys didn't get too lazy around number 50. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> I, I don't know how. I don't know how we kept going. I think Although, we're all everyone's been busy. pretty diligent. I mean, you guys have run it all the time, even when people are missing. So, especially well, she, like, um, yeah, she would never go missing though. She's always here. She's she's hey, hey. so <laughs> for being here every time. <laughs> had uh, had maintenance. Are you maintenance. Are, are you gonna give her a gold star for showing up every day? Oh, that's yeah, a good idea. You, you, we should have gold stars. <laughs> Participation stars next to our names. And then if we miss one, it goes back to zero. And so we can see who has, who has the most. <laughs> no, by, by Overwatch gold medal standards, uh, she actually gets a gold medal. Because even if she's here like 30% of the time, she qualifies oh, for gold like an Overwatch. That's right? true. That's true. <laughs> oh, God. We're bringing this back. <laughs> but before we delve too much to that or get into our weekly raid, we want to talk a bit of the origin story of the Amos.com podcast to celebrate uh, how we got here. It's think, quite uh, exciting. Elegant story. I think uh, I think it started around me just saying all me right, calling well, everybody on Skype because we have a nice, nice with Skype with group with all of us. And I hit the call uh, group button and everyone's like, "Yo, what's up?" I'm like, "Yo, podcast now, boom, boom." And that that was that was the podcast. That I, want, I want to point story. out uh, number one: we are actually one month away from two years of podcasting. We started the podcast on May twelfth, two thousand fifteen, uh, which really doesn't feel like it was two years ago, but it was. Uh, for some reason, we chose the silliest image possible. Uh, you can go to this link. I think you brought it up. It's just the Earth. I don't know. Aaron, was that you? We just chose the Earth. The this was our, this was uh, the randomly generated uh, thumbnail. Uh, from oh really? From, yeah, somewhere in the video or, or the podcast, this just happened to be there when we talked. I believe we were talking about Entropio Universe or something. So that is oh, maybe that is what that is from. It's not. It was not a conscious decision on my part. And a, a little fun fact, guys, on how this podcast production got started. Uh, I used to actually take notes of every topic we discussed, every game we discussed, and then I would open uh, the you know video editor like Sony Vegas or uh, Premiere, and I would drag uh, clips over our sound. So it, it would take me three hours to make the YouTube video Ooh. of the podcast. So instead of just recording uh, this live on OBS. Uh, we would just talk, right? I would just record Skype and then add all the video later, and that was a that was a disaster. So thankfully, we were so, retarded uh, back then. Yeah. Can I point I out said, though that Shu was actually right that it was laziness that made the podcast what it is today. Uh, Aaron couldn't be bothered with video editing, uh, and I don't <laughs> think any of us could. So instead, we do this shit live, and uh, we have some minimal preparation. We, we are a little more prepared these days, uh, but it's Why definitely. Do you think of your first looks? There's minimal preparation. I don't think I can edit shit, right? <laughs> Laziness is what makes uh, all of this come together nicely, all right? That's how America, we make America great again. Laziness. Getting around guys, uh, and being lazy. You guys have no idea how jury-rigged our thing is. Like, I, I just got back into it because uh, of the motion camera here. Um, yeah, it's really ghetto. 
<laughs> Do we have like a chain of of Skype? Is that how it works? <laughs> oh yeah, it's a good point. Even today, um, to get the for whatever reason, I'm not sure why we started doing this, but right now I have actually four instances of Skype open. I have four different Skypes logged in uh, on my computer, and with each account, I've call I call each member of the podcast, and then they turn their cam on for me, and then I drag it into those little circles you see. So <laughs> I have four instances of Skype running to get this working, guys, right now. And we have it's like uh, we're using three chat clients. We're using Skype, Discord, and Twitch right now because again. We're retarded, right? We used three chat clients to make this happen. And I want to uh, I want to ex extend a special thanks to our viewers, which is what you're supposed to do when you hit 100. This is the only oh, yeah. time you do it. This is this is the only thanks you get. Uh, <laughs> because I can't believe you guys actually tune in, and I'm glad you do. And thank you for making the podcast uh, worthwhile. Because if it was just us and, right. and it was just us watching, we sure as shit wouldn't be doing it still. So. Um, Guys, I want to have a special mention for the spin-off podcast that were um, dead, like Bath the Toilet Tech, Tech podcast. <laughs> Dude, that was a great podcast. That was my favorite podcast. I feel like that didn't get enough uh, attention out there. It was A+. Plus. Rest in peace. <laughs> do we have that on YouTube, actually? Yeah, we do. Uh, Kadaris, thank you for the $5 donation. It says celebration thank uh, you. donation for episode 100. Really appreciate it. That's in fact, we got so advanced this episode that we actually have the live Twitch alerts finally activated. Oh my god. Wow, how do those work? Mm-hmm. All right. And yeah, barely, again, they barely work. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us. And again, there will be fun giveaways at the end to celebrate our 100th episode. And I think our is our weekly raid related to podcast stuff? Nope, it's not. I tried to make it work. It didn't work. So we're really just going to have a regular weekly raid, and, and largely we're going to have a regular episode here, but it is 100, so... I have some I fun stuff I want to mention about previous podcasts. Some uh, throwback. All right, cool. I like it. Should we throw this in first, or should we do a weekly raid? Again, this is such a well-prepared podcast. It always is. We have a production crew. We have staffing. We've got kinda, everything going on. We're running backwards in this so one. No, the, you go ahead. Take away. Yeah, throw it in, because the weekly raid will send us backwards. It's all true. Right, let, right, the, fine, let the fair, inertia fair. carry you. I think our original weekly raid was supposed to be something about our favorite moments of the podcast. And I would have to say probably my favorite moment of the podcast was uh, Erhan defending hacking, uh, saying it improves the player experience. And we had a pretty lengthy discussion about this multiple times. And it was just a, such a nonsensical argument. But I, I don't know why. I, I, I just love talking about it. Because I remember Shu and me yelling at Erhan like, I don't enjoy when people hack in my game. And I was like, yeah, you do. What are you talking about? It makes the game better. <laughs> like, how do you defend that position? Erhan to this day maintains. I did join Erhan that one. Yep. yep. Again, how do you two defend that? It makes no sense. <laughs> well, let's not rehash the argument. It does exist. Right. It's on one of the podcasts. Uh, I still hold to what I had said. I, I don't even know what it was, but I'm just going to go on a limb and say I still believe whatever it was I spouted. That's a spirit. <laughs> That's a spirit. Don't even remember your argument, but just stand by it. <laughs> <laughs> we need like a, like a, a podcast highlight reel for the <laughs> that, re that requires editing shoes, so no, it's not happening. <laughs> That's true. This talk about is based anymore? on laziness, yeah. <laughs> if you if you mention something, you have to uh, you have to go ahead and do it now, Shu. So you mentioned that you gotta go do it. <laughs> oh boy, that's All a right, lot I of guess, effort. I guess you can take it away with the weekly raid, Gumby. <laughs> I will say, uh, just since this is the hundredth episode, if anyone else wants to go after me too, I do have a favorite MMOs.com moment. Mm -hmm. uh, I've, I guess I've been here for a while, or at least long enough. 
My favorite moment was last uh, was the beginning of this month. April Fools was my favorite thing ever. I love tricking people, and anytime <laughs> I write a satirical article and someone believes it, I I am ecstatic. So, uh, we are one of the only sites that doesn't have a, a an asterisk preface that warns people that what they're about to read is satire, and I will never change that unless <laughs> I'm forced to. I love tricking people, so. That's a spirit. Yeah, I don't know if anyone else has a favorite MMOs moment, but that is definitely mine. If you think of it, though, we'll bring it up during the show. I think that's fair. But um, to, to get back to a normal podcast, we do have a weekly raid. It is a normal raid. Uh, this week, we're, we are. it's a little bit of a somber uh, discussion. Right. It's about how do you know when you're burnt out on an MMO? Uh, it's kind of, you know, I've played a lot of games. And I think a lot of people are MMO hoppers. And there comes a time when I'm playing the game and I realize that at the end of this day or tomorrow, I'm uninstalling. And for me, it's when I'm playing, say, an MMORPG and uh, I'm just wandering around town. I got a full quest log. I got shit I got to do, but I'm not doing any of it. I'm just kind of walking around town. I'm jumping off a ledge or I'm running along a fence back and forth. I can't be the only one that does this. And uh, I realize that I just don't feel engaged anymore. I don't know if you guys have a similar experience. That just sounds uh, yeah, exactly that's like playing. mine. That's what, oh, yeah? that's what happens with me. You know, like I would just jump on top of a roof and just kind of walk back and forth and just look at people <laughs> walking. <laughs> I'm like, yep, yep. What, am I, what am I even doing? I'm not even having fun. <laughs> and then just leave. And that's it. I don't understand though. What about when you're like on a building and you're like, what if I can get from this building onto <laughs> that like barrel that's like five feet away yep like you have to land exactly on the barrel and you find yourself doing that for like 10 minutes at a time when you accomplish that like okay from here can i jump on like this side of that car and you have to try for like 20 minutes i feel like when you're doing that more than playing the actual <laughs> game you've got to the point where you're kind of burnt out that's yeah, pretty that. much exactly oh, yeah. it too right it's like it's fine <laughs> to do it like a little bit but once mm -hmm. you're only doing that that's when you know it's over see i'm different i only do that stuff when i'm waiting on people to finish up like selling like vendoring or doing whatever they're doing right and i've got like a big group so it takes forever that's when i'm sitting there doing stuff like that now when i know i'm burnt out is when i open up my computer the next day i'm like i really should play this a little more and i don't and then i just <laughs> install it to net i uninstall it the next day like mm -hmm. I, I give it another 24 hours to sit there make sure and then it's just gone the next day for me it's not you know how you uh you know it's really bad when you paid for the game, and you just don't play it. Well, a lot of sub games get the value. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I've said it before, but I'm, I'm kind of not like people in that regard. I, I just eat the cost of any bad decisions I make. So, if I've paid for something and I don't end up playing it, it's just, it's the same as if it were free. I, I don't really care. It was my fault for buying something that I probably wouldn't have enjoyed. It's fair. I like the somebody made a great comment in the in the chat. When I start watching top ten MMO list videos, he knows he's burned <laughs> out of his current game when he's searching for best MMOs on YouTube. <laughs> it's a great sign. When for, you're on MMOs.com looking for a new game, that's when you know you're burnt. For me, no, when we you're, hit the random MMO button. button. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Man, for, what were you yeah, for me, it's always been, and I'm sure you guys uh, have seen this before. You log into an MMORPG specifically, and what you do with your friends or people in the game is you talk about something else. Like, you talk about another game coming out. A lot of mm -hmm. WoW players do that. I remember having, like, 20-minute discussions with people about the next big game in, like, WoW or whatever, in EverQuest. And when I'm logging in to talk about a different game, it's clearly time to move on. I've noticed that happens pretty often. 
So I think that actually answers a lot of. That's a big thing for a lot of people. When you basically when you log into a game to chat. I mean, we all find ourselves doing it, and I do think MMOs have a lot of fun social elements where you can chat. But when you're logging in just to chat, and I think we all we've all done it, and that kind of gives you a sign yeah. that you're getting a bit burnt out. Oh baby, I these donations know. coming Thank in faster you. than yes, we can see. <laughs> I like it. Appreciate it. Thank you. You didn't even say the name, did you? Or am I just zoning out? I did. Apakyaki374, thank you. Oh, 374 thank you is so specific, but thank you. Tell <laughs> me 350 from the Loch Ness Monster. Come on. <laughs> but yeah. I, logging in just to chat with people is, is usually a sign that you're done. Or if you're always looking for that next big hype game, you're on RMORPG a lot more than you're actually playing in MMORPG, is another that sign you're that you're, you're kind of burnt out of your current game. Because I don't think anyone can really play probably more than two MMORPGs at once, seriously. I mean, these aren't games you can really just, like, compartmentalize and just play, like, 30 minutes a day. Like, if you're playing an MMORPG, you're playing one or two tops, usually one. So, if, if you know, if you're looking for other games, you, you're totally burnt already. That's true. Yeah, that time mm -hmm. commitment. Yeah, that, that's a conversation we'll have another time about time commitment, because it is a lot. Mm-hmm. I will say though, just to end on the chat thing, you know, sometimes if I have people to chat with, that will get me in the game and keep playing. Um, that happened in Final Fantasy XIV. Although I guess when I was just logging in a chat, it did signal that about a month later, I canceled that Square Enix subscription, which took me a whole day to do because Final Fantasy XIV's website is garbage. Always. So that's been. another topic. Square, you really got to get get your stuff together. <laughs> it's definitely a jump the shark moment when you're just logging into chat. Jump the shark. All right, Fonz. <laughs> and you, you can still drag that out for like a month or two at that point, but when, when the gameplay is not what's pulling you in, you know, it's uh, it's true. It's, it's terminal <laughs> decline, shall we say. And with right. that, I do want to recap. We played a game this past week. It was called Record of Lotus War. I think enough time has passed uh -oh. for a little bit of self-reflection. Uh, Shu, I guess you have to sit in time out. I don't think you had a chance to play this one. No, I should have. Um, and oddly enough, that's it's, we, it's we only, kept our you feelings. about that series of games. You were you said you were a fan, Shu. Yeah, but but player unknowns, Balabas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to go give on. A, to I'll live vicariously through you. To give a quick recap of this uh, of this game, this. This, I guess, uh, lore started as an RPG uh, tabletop session between uh, a bunch of players in Japan. They took notes on their games, their D&D sessions. Those notes eventually became uh, novels. Uh, those novels became anime. Those animes became uh, ga this game, apparently, uh, along with their own spinoff of D&D, a separate, you know, standalone uh, pen and paper game. So this has been going on since the 80s. This is a very long series in Japan. There have also been other games. There have been a lot of other games. Have there been other MMORPGs or just like RPGs? No, not MMORPGs. There's been like a Diablo-like game, and I don't know what the others are off the top of my head. It was on Dreamcast, and then there was an RPG, I think, on the... I want to say the SNES? Not so 100%. That, that's how long it's been around. You know, this had a SNES games and all that. Mm -hmm. Um... The MMORPG itself is uh, is kind of like a it's based on the Redstone uh, I guess client or engine, so it's not a very it's not a very cutting edge game. But surprisingly, or perhaps not so surprisingly, it has found a pretty good niche. There's one server in the English uh, international uh, version. It's quite packed. There were always people running around. 
Uh, we played it for about an hour or two, and mm-hmm. I had a lot more fun with this than I have in several other uh, Grindfest games. So that's a, that's a promising sign. Uh, I think this this style still appeals to a lot of older gamers, and it's got it's got a, it's got a place for it. Let's let let's, it let's be noted. Uh, it, it should be noted that this has a sizable audience without having like any proper advertising at all. Mm-hmm. Zero. I haven't seen a single ad for it anywhere. I mean, I didn't even know it was happening because they didn't even send out press releases until like two weeks after it was announced. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you guys: Did you have more fun with uh, Lotus War or Revelation Online, the big budget <laughs> game that everybody kind of you know got hype about for a little while? You know what? I'm gonna go ahead and say I had more fun with Lotus War. Oh, do we do we do want to do a roundtable? Yeah, like, yeah, I want some answers. All right, let me put it this way: When I played Revelation, I played so kind of like when you know you're going to quit an MMORPG. I played without thinking. For some reason, I'm like, "What am I doing?" But I kept playing. Right? Regular Lotus War, it, it the the whole format. I don't know if it's just playing on my nostalgia or not, but I liked the way it was set up a lot better. Like just the tr- just traditional grind, classy isometric style. I realized that Erhan might be right about about 3D versus 2D because I was definitely more. It, there's a charm that you can't replicate in the game uh, that isn't like Record of Lotus War. So is that a yes? So yeah, or Record no? of Lotus War. That's a yes. Yeah, Record of Lotus War online. <laughs> you that... can't just do yes or no, you know. Yeah, you gotta give. I have a skill. question. Sure. Since I haven't actually played it, how's the character customization in it? Zero. 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 Non-existent. Gender locked. <laughs> gender locked. Appearance locked. <laughs> Holy crap! But yeah, so, like cosmetics at all? Like you can't like. Equip gear and well, there's cos- you have to buy them. Yeah, there's cosmetics to buy. Well, that's not too bad. Then. Yeah, so I didn't Anyone detest else? playing uh, Record of Lotus Wars, so we'll, we'll go with that. Didn't detest it. You know, oh. for me, uh, let me, okay, as someone who defends the isometric view, um, look, Revelation had potential. I think their biggest fault was overly complicated systems and their own tooltips that link to unfinished pages on the homepage to, to describe these features. That's a no-go. At least with a game like Lotus, since I played games like this for 20 years, I kind of had an idea what was going on. And that's so important. You know, a game should be easy to figure out and go, you know, and play. With Revelation, I played it for dozens of hours, and I still have no clue what's going on. So that is a bad, <laughs> it's a bad, bad system. All right? You're not I wrong. Think it, it's really frustrating when you're playing a game like Revelation. And I cannot believe somebody didn't tell my.com or NetEase when they were making this game, like, what the frick is going on? Like, I felt confused while playing this game. And I was just kind of leveling because, you know, the level. Like, I my inventory is filling up with items. I had no idea what they did. Skill systems, I had no idea how they work. Yeah, you put in the time, you can figure it out. But it's frustrating to not know what's going on or why things are happening the way they are. And, yeah, you had a little bit of that in Lotus War because they have this weird, odd progression system with, you know, the, the, skill, the few different kinds of skill points. But it, nowhere near as bad as Revelation. And I, I just found it so frustrating, Revelation, when you ran to those issues. I mean, a game shouldn't frustrate you and confuse you. It can be difficult, it can require learning, but it shouldn't frustrate you like crazy just based on UI and interface alone. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. That's this very Easter appropriate. There's <laughs> a lot of hate for this Revelation game here. Look, it's not hate. I think missed opportunity is yes. the best way yes. to, to characterize mm-hmm. it. Like I think, so. I think outright hating it is wrong too because I think Revelation is interesting just for what it tries to do, which is basically be a, a hodgepodge or a smorgasbord of all these different elements, smashing them all together and then trying to make it work. Um, 
And there's something about that that's worth seeing. But again, I think Erhan had said it's just so convoluted that, I mean, I spent, we have a couple of guides up on the site and it, those guides spent more hours. I spent more hours putting those guides together than I did playing the game because it's just, there's so much to navigate and figure out. So, and you know what? I think it was hype too because you know it was the the big title uh, on the horizon. Um, I'm sure, I think that it's still doing okay. It's not like the game fell off the charts. Um, so, and I, I understand no why people, it's no no, it's no black desert. No, I agree. <clears throat> and and like Gumball uh, just said, it's missed opportunity. I still think there's like it's a decent game, and maybe in the year ahead when they finish their own <laughs> websites, like description of the game when they fully translate the game you know so i know what's going on when i play it okay then it might be playable it was just so obviously made for the chinese market that i'm shocked that that's what netty has decided to make their big like pc debut in the west with Mm -hmm. why why didn't they wait and just use uh that other one twilight spirits that's coming out the action mmorpg Mm -hmm. why didn't they just wait do you want to know why matt do you want to know why you could have done family <laughs> packs for the other one. But they're going to, don't you worry. Yeah, they could do both. <laughs> I guess it's really cost me anything because they did, did license to my.com, who I guess, you know, took a lot of the risks. Right. But they made money too. Everyone, they make money. My. Like everyone was happy on the business side. Money, except players about founders packs, but still. Well, speaking of, I think we've beat that one to death, Revelation. Speaking of sure, staying on sure topic with my on, uh, my.com, their mm-hmm. other big MMORPG, uh, Kurt is now on PS4 and Steam, so that's that's what's nice. It, what's it called? It's what's called Skyforge, actually. And oh my God, what is that? <laughs> what is I, that game? I actually like Skyforge a lot more than I liked Revelation personally. Same. It, it seemed a lot more uh, quality involved. Um, you know why? Well, if you uh, if you haven't played it since Ascension launched, you might want to hold that thought. Because oh, oh, everyone hates Skyforge now. Didn't you get the memo? You're Uh-oh. supposed to hate it now. What happened? What happened? Oh, what I missed? Supposed to like Skyforge. It's not cool anymore. <laughs> You know why? You know why? It feels polished. You know why? It's made by Russians. I look. I trust Russians when it comes to programming. All right. It's a positive stereotype, but you know, I believe it. You know what yes, this always uh, reminded me of? Mm-hmm. Star Online. It always had that vague fantasy Star Online vibe with the connection yes. combat and yes, the, it did. the hub world. That's fair, yeah. Mm-hmm. Skyforge gets a lot of hate. We should point out for uh, uh, purported pay to win, which I haven't played the game in a long time, so I'm not sure how it is since the Ascension update. But uh, even if a game is pay to win, I think that doesn't mean you shouldn't check it out at all, um, unless you want to be like top big dog on campus. I, I had fun when we played, but oh, okay, go ahead, Remo. I'm sorry. Uh, Skyforge. It's really cool. They came on Steam too. It's, all, it's it launched on console as well this week, so you got a console and Steam release. But anytime a game launched on Steam, it gives us an insight into how many people are playing the game. Because even a game like Revelation, it's really popular, but we really don't know how popular it is because we don't see any kind of real-time numbers or stats unless they release stats. But you can see on Steam how many people are playing on Steam itself. So Skyforge has about, uh, it peaked around 3,000 people in the last 24 hours. And this is on top of everybody playing on the the regular launcher as well. So 3,000 Steam users is actually pretty great, considering most people, I imagine, aren't even playing on Steam. So the game is still incredibly popular. I mean, 3,000 is is nothing to laugh at. And, uh, do you know how many people are playing Echo of Soul right now? Echo of Soul. 150. Can we that? 150 is a good guess. Anyone else? 250. I'm optimistic. 250. Anyone Echo. else? Echo of Soul, MMORPG from what, 2015 <clears throat> or so? 14? Yeah. I'll say 100. No other guesses? Okay, you're all wrong. It was It's 60. 60? Right oh. 60 people. Under 100 is, is a bad sign. 
All right, so back oh, to Skyforge. Skyforge actually confuses me a bit because I thought that, like Revelation is now, I thought they were trying to use it to kind of push their, like, come play on our platform through us and don't go through Steam. I thought that's what they were trying to do with it because, you know, they have the whole Steam wallet integration on Steam. Even though you have to use the my.com launcher anyways, you, you can pay with Steam wallet, use your Steam account. And I thought they wanted everyone in their own ecosystem if they could keep it that way so i thought that's why skyforge had never been on steam but i i don't know now i'm not i'm confused a little but um i guess ultimately it can only help the game specifically yeah fair enough i i am mesmerized by this video i'm showing i'm starting the character creation i'm aware this is you playing with the booty of this chick oh the butts <laughs> yes i love when character creators i remember, give I remember you this video. options <laughs> And boob options, like like give, might as well. I mean, you might as well go all out the character creator. Pretty great. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish Revelation launched on Steam too, just so we can see how many people are playing it. As it with might, any other MMORPG too. It might. Uh, you know, my.com has clearly shown that they're not against uh, launching their games mm -hmm. on Steam. So perhaps uh, in a year or so, we will see a Revelation come to Steam. I have to uh, say, I'm actually surprised because. My.com, I mean, with Revelation, it, it felt like they were pushing their own launcher. Maybe they wisened up and realized that the My.com launcher is not going to compete, that <laughs> the only thing that poses a, a rivalry to Steam, and I guess I'm taking us out of this, is Ooh, Tencent. Tencent. Um, uh, Tencent recently announced that they are rebranding their launcher, and they are releasing, I actually don't have this up, so I don't know the name. <clears throat> Wii Game. Uh, it is called Wii Game, Yes. And it does actually pose a threat to Steam, uh, and I will. And I guess I'm just going to go ahead and say why. And here's why: is that Tencent, if you don't know, owns Riot, which is League of Legends. And if Tencent decides to throw League of Legends on there and throw it in the West, I think it poses an actual threat to the, or at least people will be using both at the same time, both launchers. So I think Tencent is is slowly making some moves. And it we should mean. also be noted that um, just. Fight, like probably a popular misconception the 10 cent game platform now we game does not only have 10 cent games on it um they also sell stuff like don't starve and the single player one and some other games that have been like hand selected by 10 cent to be sold through their uh launcher but it, it's not just for their mmos and mmorpgs there are actually like even western localizations that are being sold on the Tencent Games platform right now. Um, so it, it really could, if they bring it over in a full English manner and sell like English speaking, like English language games on there, they could very well compete with Steam. Um, speaking of competing with Steam, first of all, I love the fact that they have this timer on their website. Um, a countdown clock. More more sites should do these countdown clocks websites. Really, a lot of sites do do countdown clocks. All right. Well, I'm I'm all for that. The more the merrier. <laughs> Second, as for competing. You... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whatever. Go ahead. That's that's out there. No 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 room for uh, debate on that. <laughs> well, Although there's like a page on mmos.com. If there's a countdown clock, it counts as a pro. All right. If it's got yes. a countdown clock, you put that as a pro. <laughs> it doesn't show the content until the countdown clock is ended. I know um, Omar's face is kind of blocking the time uh, a little here, but just for you guys know, the Wii Game site will be live in one day and eight hours from now. So you guys can check out WiiGame.com if you're interested. As for competing with Steam, fun fact, currently Tencent is focused in China 
and they have 200 million users, which is already more than all of Steam worldwide. So just just to put China in perspective when it comes to you know lots of bodies in one place. Also, to give you guys an idea of their uh, of their numbers, uh, the reason this could pose a threat to uh, to Steam is because they own League of Legends. And if you look at the data right now for Steam, uh, there's about 9.3 million players online on Steam, with about two million of those players in a game. So those numbers are pretty large, right? But if you look at League of Legends, which hosts 100 million monthly active users. That number mm -hmm. alone trounces these numbers. Uh, League of mm -hmm. Legends alone has more users than all of Steam put together. That well, is we don't insane. actually know that. We don't know how many monthly active users Steam has. That's that's kind of a misrepresentation of the numbers that we do have. Well, it's an estimation. And I, if you have 100 million monthly active users, I feel like you have more than 2 million people online at any given time, concurrent users. Well, there are more than 2 million concurrent users on Steam. Well, I'm not... There, oh, people in-game. I mean, maybe... But anyway, what a, it's, it's an estimation, and regardless, if they bring on if they bring on League of Legends, that alone will propel them to near equal or possibly greater or possibly a little bit less than all of Steam. It just shows you how big League of Legends is right now, and that will instantly give the platform a big enough boost to get more people. And that's especially if they require, you know, because they own the Riot Games, they could just say, "Listen, your game has to be on Wii Game," and Riot Games can't say no. But they're literally beholden to Tencent. We that should, would be huge. I should say at this time that. All this on our part is speculation at this moment. We'll know in a day exactly what their plans are, whether they even plan to go global or international with this. Uh, currently, all we know is, you know, they, they will it will support global games in English language, multiple multiple languages. Um, but we don't know what their plans are or whether they'll move League of Legends to this client. It's all speculation for now. Mm -hmm. I love speculations, the best kind <laughs> of. <laughs> having said that, having said that, if they do it, I think it'll be the biggest story of the year. Uh, when it comes to gaming, doesn't uh, Tencent also control the um, big instant messengers in China as well? Yes, yes. So, uh, like, they have if they have the integration with that, it'd be pretty big. Yeah, that's a good point, Joe. Okay. Uh, the name We Game comes from the fact you know it's kind of co-branded with WeChat, which is their mobile chat slash payments system. Also, uh, a bit of data too. Uh, last year, Right released. Uh, they had 27 million daily players with 5 million peak concurrent users. Uh, this year, the number that, that was back when they had 67 million monthly users. So they have to 100 million users now. So they have at least minimum 5 million concurrent users because actually their, their monthly numbers almost doubled. <laughs> that number should probably be close to double as well to seven or eight. So they got lots of people. They got all that. All, you know, league is way too big. Way too big. Too big. Too big. I have a question for you, Omer, since you just said is uh, league is too big. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, this is a bit off topic, but does Master X Master uh, have a chance against the Titan League of Legends? Maybe you could briefly Look. mention. <laughs> Look, I, I've been playing a little more tense, uh, Master X Master recently with some of the guys on Discord, too. I think it's a really fun game, but I don't think it's so hard to beat League of Legends. I mean, just to give you guys some context, too, like we always talk about the WoW killer, too, but like the way League is kind of implanted in the gaming scene, it's bigger than WoW, like much bigger, like more than double their revenue like it's already it's such a large scale that like nothing has killed wow for like over 10 years since wow has been out since 2004 so over 12 years i don't think anything's going to come close to league but it doesn't have to i think master x master has potential to kind of just be around maybe be a, a second tier uh, mobile player because the game itself is really really fun and i i, I mean even if you don't want to play any other mobile but league or dota i say just give master x master a try just for that fun combat 
they got to fix the weapon upgrading system. Just get rid of it, in my opinion, because it's going to turn off a lot of uh, mobile players. As I mentioned it before, you have to level up your weapons, and those are those are actually just upgrades that stick with you in PvP. And you have to grind those in PvE or grind in PvP to upgrade your weapons. And they can be pretty massive upgrades to your character. And people don't want to play a game, especially competitive mobile players don't want a game where your opponent has better gear than you, better upgrades than you at the start of the game. Like, that's just unfair. And people don't like that. So hopefully, if they get rid of the, some of that stuff, I think uh, it could it could do really well. I mean, people are playing in beta, too. A lot of people are playing in beta right now. It's basically tag team league. And that's such a cool concept. You know, we've seen so many MOBAs out there try to, just, you know, do something a little bit different to capture the market. But nothing has done anything is like uh, Master X Master. The tag team element is so cool. You pick two champions, you can switch out basically on a 12-second cooldown between them. They have their own health bars, their own cooldowns. Get a melee character, get a ranged character, and you can really mix and match them however you want to complement their strengths. And you can actually choose different skills on each one too. It's it's such a cool concept, and I really wish they polished it up and it's got potential. So is this game actually tried out? Is this game actually out now, or is it like still closed beta or something? It's closed beta. So okay, that's, that's what I figured. I think anyone can play it though. I think anyone gets instant closed beta access if you go to their website and but try playing. There will be wipes though, right? Yes, until after open beta, there will be no, this summer. I think the open beta is starting, okay. if I remember correctly. I'll wait. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's really fun. Just the core combat is just really good, and I feel like if Lee did something like this too, or like this is it's so cool to see a MOBA do this. Nobody else has tried this. You've seen so many other MOBAs trying to capture like do a little something a little bit different. You've seen the action elements and, and smite and stuff, but no one's done the tag team stuff, and it's it's so cool. But obviously, balancing is gonna be really hard. The learning curve goes through the roof. You know, imagine like in League or Dota, you have to know what five opponents do. Now you gotta know what ten opponents do because they have <laughs> each of two heroes. So it gets crazy complicated. But I think the game has potential. I think more so than a lot of other MOBAs we've seen. That's fair. I'm actually surprised to hear that. So good for you, hmm. Master X Master, with your silly name. Wife that is a ridiculous name, isn't it? It's like they it someone watched Hunter X Hunter and like, oh, let's just do that, and then they. Went with Master X Master? What? There's actually a Hunter X Hunter knockoff Chinese game now. Oh, I played so. that. Uh, it was horrible, but uh, no, it, it was like okay. Is it Chinese game? Uh, yes, I guess. Uh, yeah. It was exactly the same thing as any other turn-based uh, browser RPG, but with the mm -hmm. Hunter X Hunter um, splash on mm -hmm. it. So if you really love that series, then go for it. I feel like if you're really all that serious, you don't want to support a Chinese bootleg game. I feel like they're just stealing the art and stuff. You're not going to be supporting the whoever owns the license yeah, or whoever makes it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, try out Master X Master, guys. I, I, strong, I recommend. At least just for the combat. And they have a fun 3v3 mode as well, which is basically an arena combat. And it's hella fun. And you got the, now, the, uh, you got the, 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 the characters from Blade of Soul and all the... All the NTSoft characters, though, it's fair to say, I don't think the NTSoft universe of characters has the same cachet as the Blizzard characters. So, I mean, it, it's nice they have them, but like more than half the characters are like original characters made just for this game because they don't have that many characters <laughs> in their in their universe. Now, I think this is the 100th episode of the MMOs.com podcast, right? So I think we need to have a controversial conversation. I love uh, controversy. It's very do we always have <laughs> Uh, we don't always get as controversial as you might like. Uh, basically, I measure controversy by the potential for a YouTube cult of fanboys to leave negative comments. And okay. I think this one has that potential. Uh, oh, I, I love this. What we want to talk about is uh, hype 
and its role in certain products we see today, certain games are going to be coming out. I kind of want to take it generally. I think Omer is a little more specific, uh, but just the role that hype is playing and how it kind of sells a game before it even exists. Uh, Omar, do you want to start this off? I know you have a very specific example. I know you're very passionate. So What's maybe... your favorite I have, one? I have very strong opinions currently about Ashes of Creation. Only because it's the most recent one. I'm not going to talk about Chronicles of Valyria or Star Citizen. Obviously, they, they follow some of the same issues. Mm -hmm. But uh, Ashes of Creation has been getting an unbelievable amount of attention lately. And I, I feel like it's almost like my duty to be the hype police right now. I mean, first of all, I want to preface this with I wish them luck. I always, I, I want them to succeed, right? Obviously, but there are certain things about these Kickstarter, these pre-Kickstarter, these crowdfunded games. This game will be crowdfunded. They're, they're doing a Kickstarter soon. They said, I think by the end of the month. But I, I saw a video by the Lazy Peon, a well-known uh, YouTuber, and he made a great video on Ashes of Creation. And my real problem with not necessarily his video, but more so Ashes of Creation itself, is they have this referral program. And I think we we briefly mentioned this before, but we're seeing a lot of YouTubers push the referral program for uh, actual well, creation. Let's be clear though, be, be real quick, it's not just YouTubers, actually uh, people are going to message boards, including Reddit, mm -hmm. and they're posting these referral links and saying, this is the best game ever. And they're posting their own referral link and you see it, it says mm -hmm. slash REF uh, as a way to market the game. So potential players are basically part of the marketing team. Yes, they were actually really smart about that because the guy who made um, actual creation, uh, Mr. Sharif, I believe his name is, uh, we talked about him uh, in a previous podcast. He he was involved with a with a I believe it's a multi-level marketing uh, business opportunity company where he made millions uh, peddling some juices. So you like he would he would say you buy my juices, you sell the juices, and you make all this money. You get your friends to sell juices for you, and you make lots of money that way too. It's called Zango or something. Uh, it was on his old Twitter account. You can find it there. But as somebody who comes from a background of multi-level marketing, he was a genius to implement similar uh, schemes built into uh, Astrocation. So anyone that makes an account Ashes of Creation has a unique referral link that they can share online. And when anybody signs up to that link from your special link, you get 15% of all the money they spend on the game itself, right? But more importantly, not just the game itself, you get 15% of all the money that the person who signs up pledges for the Kickstarter campaign. So if somebody pledges $1,000 on their upcoming Kickstarter or, or crowdfunding campaign, you get 15% of that as well, apparently, because it includes... Uh, crowdfunding campaigns as per their FAQ. In fact, on their message boards, they have an F they have a FAQ about the game, and they specifically talk about the referral program as one of their key features. So, and you see these referral links being used by people like Lazy Peon, big YouTube creators are pushing the game and they're talking about. It. That's fine if they're excited about the game. That's all good too. But to have a built-in referral program for a pre-Kickstarter, not even at the Kickstarter level yet, they're pre-Kickstarter, pre-anything game. And I've seen so Wait, many Rainbow. comments on Reddit, on our own YouTube channel, play, don't they? They had a trip. Yes, they had, they had they had some trailer. Yeah, but I feel like I, I can play something. I ain't counting uh, the most basic of basic. Let me play something or see something. But mm -hmm. I've deleted at least fifty comments, maybe maybe like 20, 30, on on the MOS.com YouTube channel. Luckily, they get caught by the filter, right? People are leaving comments on MOS.com videos saying, "Check out Ashton Creation. It's the best game ever." And they put their referral link in there, hoping to make money. And because you, you can cash this out, this isn't like in-game currency money. They're giving you cash, cold That's hard cash for. For, for shilling the game. If they kept it the in-game money, that's fine. But to give out cash for this, it incentivizes people to just sell hype because they can make real-life money off it. Especially, I think, in the crowdfunding phase. Uh, <clears throat> when I first read about this, I thought it would be limited to um, you, you refer people and then that helps pay your subscription, right? So if you refer enough people, you basically play for free. That's, that's okay, whatever, you know? <clears throat> but the fact that they're going to give you a cut of what people donate to their 
Kickstarter, that makes that that raises an eyebrow. Yeah. Somebody mentioned why is that bad? It's bad for one reason. There is no game yet. You're tricking people or potentially selling the hype of Ashes of Creation, which may never happen. Look, I hope it happens, right? But a game may never happen, and you're getting paid to promote and hype a game that may never come. That, I mean, that may, that may never come out. I mean, look at all the issues Star Citizen had with over 140 million dollars of funding, and they still haven't released. They pushed back timetables, and with all that funding, they haven't been able to deliver their dream. I'm not saying these guys can't do it, but to to have a referral program for a, a bit based on hype on a game that's not out yet is an issue. Games like Eve Online today have referral programs where if you if you send a paying user to Eve Online, you will get paid a percent of their subscription. It's a, affiliate programs or referral programs are a base part of internet marketing. But to have it on a pre-Kickstarter game and getting paid on whatever the guy pays for Kickstarter or crowdfunded sources, that's the issue. That's what I find incredibly shady and I don't like it. It smells, something is wrong about it because the guy who made the game has a background in MLMs, which were shilling these well, business I opportunities. Even, I will dispute that point, right? Yes, mm -hmm. the guy has a, a scummy past. I think we can all agree the guy has a scummy past. Did I say that? Probably scummy past. But you shouldn't judge somebody based on the past. I think what's scummy about it is that there's an intrinsic scumminess to a referral program that exists before a product. It, it reminds me of, you know, it's as if you were went door to door selling something like you're, you're selling a vision, you're selling a dream, you're selling, um, you're selling a promise, right? And people buy into it. And it's and I think it also plays into our hype culture. Everyone wants their own um, idealized vision of a game, right? Mm -hmm. So and this and what they do is is they keep all of their terms very ambiguous, like um, a world of consequence, right? That sounds great. It's like that sounds amazing. But you know what? You and me, we all have different ideas of what that is. And until you see exactly what that means, now there has been some description. There has been some. Um, they have described certain of the elements of the game in Ashes of Creation, like the node system. But mm -hmm. it's one thing to say something and another to actually build it. Mm -hmm. And I think crowdfunding has kind of run amok uh, in certain instances in that uh, you don't see uh, the steps needed to actually realize this vision. All you see is the vision itself. And, that, and then this referral program ends up just bolstering that notion. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't have a game, though. Gubby, Gubby, you don't want to judge somebody based on what they did before. If uh, Mr. Bernie Madoff comes up to you and says he's got a great investment for you, are you gonna, are you gonna tell him to take a hike or you give him, or you give you hard-earned money? <laughs> no, your past, of course, impacts your reputation, what you've done. Were you, you were waiting for this, weren't you? <laughs> there, there's, there's a great, uh, you know, segment on John Oliver on MLMs, and I recommend anyone who doesn't know how MLMs work to check it out. I mean, I also stay want away to from point out marketing campaigns or business opportunities. Those are always sketchy. Uh, anyone who uses the term "triple uh, A" uh, game to describe their title, uh, one, there's two, uh, there's two reasons why they do that. Number one is that their marketing department is shit and they don't know how to sell their product. Uh, number two is they actually have absolutely nothing because "triple A" means nothing. If "triple A" only refers to the amount of funding you got, then that's a joke because you can't just throw money at something and, and make it disappear. All the money in the world isn't going to help you solve world peace. Um, Money means nothing. It doesn't. It doesn't actually. Money doesn't equate to a, a good product. Uh, it's the people in the seats or the intention behind it. And I think that's something that we miss uh, way too often in in these crowdfunding games. I mean, Star Citizen has a tons of money, and there's no game yet. 
We have one guy in our chat, for example, defending this to the grave. He's actually saying the referral program is actually giving money back to the players. It's hilarious you guys are against this. Those are the wordings that they used to. We want to give powers to the players, like the GameStop slogan, right? We want to give something back to the players. Power to the players. That is the problem. When you are when you are sell, when you are getting paid to push a game that doesn't exist yet, and you gain paid a percent of the crowdfunding proceeds, which let's be real, crowdfunding campaigns are are built on hype, especially games like this, which don't potentially have the funding to ever ever exist without crowdfunding. Uh, you are getting paid to sell hope, and the game may not come out. And if you if you're getting other people involved and you're selling people on the game and paying them, if you're paying people cash to promote your game like this, there is incentives are skewed. It creates it creates a problem, and I find that to be I personally find that to be really really scummy. Look, if the game is already out there and you want to get you, the referral program, nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with the referral program. Eve Online does it, and I'm sure World of Warcraft does it with the high level advertisers that they work with. Anytime you see an ad on whether it's mmos.com and morepg.com any video game website. There are revenue share deals all the time. These are affiliate deals. and There's nothing wrong with those. The only problem is when you're for a game that doesn't exist yet. That's the problem. And you get paid percent of the crowdfunding proceeds. If they got rid of that part and you only got paid a percent of the game sales, maybe it's much better. But when you're, when you're getting paid on crowdfunding, oh, the sketch, the sketch level goes through the roof for me. The problem with the crowdfunding part is that it's like you said, the game's not even out yet. They need that money to even make the game. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're giving it yeah. to people. It's like, well, kind of, you know, Shu, I'm glad you brought that up because I've read a lot of discussions and, and what I've heard is that the game is actually already funded, which to me says, then why are you going to Kickstarter? Why are you having these referral the programs? Hell? If your game is already funded, then, then what are you doing? That reminds me of, was it um, Shenmue mm -hmm. that pulled something similar? Then, then there's no reason for you to go to crowdfunding. Then, then, then you're, it's a total joke. And then you're just playing on your stretch goals. You're playing on the vision. I don't know if that's true or not. That's a, a rumor based on people marketing the game themselves. And, you know, maybe we're all wrong, right? Maybe this it, maybe there's a, a, a this is all well-intentioned and whatnot. But the thing is, is that when it comes to these things, never, I think that a, a level of skepticism uh, needs to be adopted by everybody who plays these games or who looks for the next great thing. Uh, because when you buy into any type of hype, when you buy into any type of dream without skeptically inquiring about what that means, you're going to get burnt. And we've seen it happen way too often. Um, so, so question, you know, real investors, they sit there and they scrutinize a PowerPoint presentation. They don't just buy into it off of, off of one, uh, yeah. bullet point they list of key features. Yeah, they go into it. They do due diligence. Yeah, of course. Well, Warren Buffett isn't supporting, uh, any of these games because he, there's, there's too much risk and there's a good reason why. That's the thing about crowdfunding is that it's all on the consumer. There's, there's no, there's, there's nothing to protect the consumer. It's all on you to figure out uh, whether or not this is worth your money. And too many people buy into the, into the dream. Uh, yeah, Our wanna, dreams always look better than reality. I want to bring, yeah, and that's a good point. And I, and I, yeah, I think we're focusing too much on national creation. And one of the reasons why we're so skeptical is because throughout the history of this podcast, actually, we've seen many projects like this just fail to deliver. Um, for example, on the first podcast, we actually talked about Shroud of the Avatar. Omar and I were big Ultima fans back in the day. And, you know, however you want to put it, you know, there is a game called Shroud of the Avatar now, but it did not live up to its uh, crowdfunded vision. No, the vision we were sold, uh, it's been like years now, I think, uh, with no real... The game is still not out, by the way. It's obviously. 2014, I think. It's pre-alpha pre early access on Steam, whatever that means, but they're charging money. They raised $11 million dollars. Uh, they haven't really launched or delivered. Nobody plays it on Steam. Um, Star Citizen obviously is another one. It's been five years. This game is still not, is still not out there. 
So that that is the that is why we are skeptical of these MMORPG projects uh, that rely on crowdfunding. Mm-hmm. So some background, so you guys don't think we're just. And and I don't want to, you know, I, I hope uh, actual creation happens, right? I saw that node video everybody else saw. The concepts to explain that video were pretty great. There's some great ideas behind uh, uh, Asher Creation, as there are in many of these Kickstarter games. I don't think any of us should be labeled as like, I hope they fail. No, I want Star Citizen to deliver. I want Crosby Illyria to deliver. The more good games out there, the better, especially, you know, we haven't seen too many Western games come out recently that were really, you know, really great. I mean, a lot of Eastern games have been coming out all the time now. I mean, I really hope they can actually deliver and fulfill their promises. I just remain skeptical about their ability to do so. Especially some of these uh, crowdfunded games. I mean, at least Star Citizen has all this money, and they're still having issues. Wait, uh, are we going to transition to Star Citizen? I think uh, Erhan, you watched a video, mm-hmm. right? Yes. I watched the same video. <clears throat> and um, uh, can we transition? Does anyone else have any final thoughts about uh, hype and and hope and no, crowdfunding? No, no, no. We're good. We're good. I want to yeah. jump on this. I, 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 I got one. Okay, go, go ahead. I just want to say that, like, maybe this is just a sign that we just all need to be more mindful of our money and that there isn't like some kind of organization out there looking out starter. That's right. There's no consumer it's on protection. You, it's on you. It's we, on we, you. we need a better business bureau for gamers, okay? So uh, the gamer defense fund. Run by Erhan Altai over here. Yes, you gotta give me your money though. But, I gotta I gotta hold your money. Why don't you create it? <laughs> all right. Erhan Altai at PayPal.com. <laughs> <laughs> That's not our <laughs> Well let's get to this really fun topic. Um I actually after I watched this video, I'm really excited, Erhan. I'm glad you sent it to me. Uh, basically, <laughs> Star Citizen sent out a, a video the other day, and it's outlining their uh, production schedule. If you didn't know, a couple months ago, Star Citizen, Robert Space Industries, uh, that's not an egotistic name at all. Uh, basically, they decided to be very transparent about their production schedule. Their backers were complaining a bit that you know a lot of the promises, a lot of the... Um, say, uh, uh, stretch releases weren't coming out on time, like, say, 3.0 or whatnot. So they, they decided to make their production schedule transparent. And they came out with a 20-minute video uh, explaining uh, how their scheduling process uh, works. And um, I don't know if I should actually reveal the final thoughts. Maybe, Erhan, you should take this away. Okay, okay. So this was... I haven't been following Star Citizen for that closely for a while now, because honestly, it's been so long. You know, I'm just... I pretty much wrote it off. But when 3.0 came out, uh, they had a, this, this huge post on their website. Um, I'm like, oh, there's a lot. There's a lot here. Let me read this. And as I was reading the post, uh, there were a lot of words, right? But they weren't really saying anything. It, it was it was just it was just words for the sake of words. So, and I saw a video, embedded video. Okay, a video. A video is easy to watch. We all love videos. This podcast is a video. Let me watch the video. So I started watching the video. Twenty minute video. Wow. And they must have added a lot of features. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. Five minutes. Ten minutes. And all, they're just talking still. It's words coming out. And they're talking about like, well, the system relay and then message and then break up the functions and send out the features. They're just saying words. Nothing's actually... Excel, baby. Yeah, there's an Excel sheet in the background. And it, it really reminded me of a bureaucracy gone amok. Like, you know, you try to fill out the forms, the stamps, the, you know, the, you got to staple it. You can't you can't use a paperclip or else you got to go back to the back, you know, back of the line. And it reminded me of a movie called Brazil. <coughs> uh, I don't know. I think it's Brilliant the movie by Terry Gilliam from Monty Python. Um, yeah. It's very Kafkaesque. That's a fun phrase, right? That's how you know you're an asshole when you say Kafkaesque. Yeah. So anyway, it's about this oh, bureaucracy. I've been waiting for that. And, and, and it's an example of the of what um, what's in this video. It's about their scheduling system, their internal uh, planning and uh, scheduling for this project, which every game, every project needs some kind of scheduling and some kind of you know guy calling the shots. The problem is though. 
they've created such a complex system of scheduling that they can't really get anything done. For example, people in the video mentioned when I want to add a soundtrack to, of a sound, like a, a cargo piece of cargo dropping on a ship, like on the on the cargo bay of a ship, like a plunk, right? He says, I can't approve that. I have to like upload that to the content system, like the project management system. And people from all four studios have to okay it before that can enter the system. Like, <laughs> I, I it, don't... Was, it was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it, it felt like a, a business run by a bureaucratic megalomaniac. Uh, the number of hoops that people have to jump to, through to get anything done. Basically, the whole video felt like I saw a lot of comments like, this is how you run a development studio, yada, yada. But I don't see EA coming out with a video of 20 minutes of excuses for why uh, you're not on time uh, with your development schedule. That's what it felt like. It's just like, look, pity us. Look how hard developing a game is. Yeah, developing a game is hard because you're spending all your time in meetings and updating Excel sheets. <laughs> if, if you stop fucking sitting on a 4,000 by 4,000 Excel grid, you would have a game instead of, instead of the same free weekend you've had for the last two years. <laughs> it, it's honestly right, so, after watching the video i'm with omer star citizen's never coming out it's going to come out as modules and that's it i i was i was i'm completely blown away that anybody has any respect for what's going on there i'm i'm now on the i, I am on the derek smart camp now um <laughs> firmly okay, that, and okay. you don't have to go from one extreme to the other just, just no, I only deal, i'm an american i deal in extremes okay <laughs> wow we, we got to take the pen out of your hand then I don't use pens. I only got a keyboard. The great, um, the great... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Do you have any what, what I was going to say is you, you guys are, you confused the shit out of me because at first it just sounded like Erhan didn't know what the fuck they were saying. So he was trying to say that it was all bullshit because he had no idea what they were saying. Then I, it sounded like it's just run terribly, but, uh, I don't know. The thing is, they did say what's going on. I mean, to their credit, they actually did say what's going on. But you think with how much money they got and how many employees they have, they just pay someone to automatically update the Excel sheets for them. Like yes. someone like lean back, go, hey, hey, we did this, okay? And it's like they just update it for them, you know? Just maybe pay one per studio or something. They can't be that big, you know, <laughs> on their own. So, how much money have they raised? Do we have a number? Can we let's bring it up real quick. Uh, oh, 144 million. Yeah, yeah, they could definitely hire somebody. I, uh, here's the thing, though. There was there were a few minutes of nuggets in this video, and just ending with the 3.0 update, uh, the 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 written post. There were a few points, right? But I really think, and I could be wrong, but it's just my uh, speculation at this point. They're doing a strategy of just overwhelming you with information, so that. There's the illusion of like uh, progress, and as an example for this, in, in court cases, when uh, when you know you want to kind of overwhelm the other side, if they request information from you, like if, if a company is being sued by the government or something, what they'll do is send you know tens of thousands of boxes worth of paperwork, right, uh, just to just overwhelm them. So it takes too long to dig through everything. Uh, a lot of useless information, but uh, there are nuggets of there is some there are some content in this video. I just don't think we needed sure. a twenty minute video discussing you know their project management no. system. I, I don't. Who you know was saying that? Do you remember there's a part in the video where they go on and on about how, how great they are for being transparent in this video? And at that point, I was disgusted. <laughs> I worked for a company like Robert Space Industries then where a guy had me in meetings every day. I had to keep everything I did updated on an Excel sheet. And then I got yelled at because I didn't get any work done. And the reason why was I was so busy 
uh, being a bureaucrat that I couldn't write articles. And so I know what that's like. And that's what it feels like is it's just it's and maybe maybe the people working there, they're all genuine. They want to make this game. But it just the video to me was just like Erhan said, it's like Brazil or Kafka's The Trial. It's just it felt like uh, you're you're locked behind um, the administrative process rather than actually making the game. Gamers don't want to see Excel sheets. They they want to see the game <laughs> gameplay. I think you could have presented that information a lot better too. Like the from going from uh, the idea, the feature to uh, in game could have been presented a lot better as well. They they talked a little about the cargo and you saw a little bit of the movement of things, but I feel like it was almost like data overload and they just it was just wasn't presented well overall. No. <laughs> and I think <laughs> that there's a there's a famous fallacy and basically it's about it's basically when people use like a, if you ever read like an academic paper when people use fancy language or they try and uh, convolute what they're saying, it, it's basically, it means they're, they're, they're trying to look bigger than they actually are. And that's what the whole video felt like. It was uh, a masking development behind this convoluted process to make it seem like it was effectual, whereas they were really saying absolutely nothing. And, and that's very famous uh, in, in many spheres. <laughs> it, it's total bullshit. It's the art of, there's a famous book, Harry Frankfurt's The Art of Bullshitting or, or uh, an, an analysis of bullshitting. That's what it felt like to me. And to, to give you a bigger timeline here, um, so Star Citizen came out, uh, or was originally in development in 2012, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, it's currently 2017, as you guys know. So five years, roughly, right? The dates could, the months could be slightly off, but five years. Mm -hmm. And still in development with no release uh, date currently stated. There's no release date currently given. Uh, to contrast that with the history of MMORPGs, I know Star Citizen is an MMORPG, but just for the sake of time timelines here, Ultima Online, which is the, the father of the modern MMORPG, was first started development in 1995. Okay, World of Warcraft, which is arguably the pinnacle of the current model of MMORPG, came out in 2004. So in a nine-year period, we went from the idea of a modern MMORPG to the basically the current model of a finished MMORPG. In nine years. Five years for Star Citizen, and we still have no release date in sight. Like, <laughs> well, we do, actually. It's espinonmos.com. Oh, that's true. Let me let's let me bring that up. <laughs> Somebody mentioned the the chat, so I thought it was pretty funny. We have an accurate estimate based on all the knowledge points, we all the data points we've seen online. We've we've modeled that with our, our you know our quantum computers. Oh, you mean Shu? Because she's a <laughs> she's a machine. Twenty seventy two. Will I be alive? I'll be alive. Hopefully, <laughs> it'll be good. I mean, I think we all, we all want to see Star Citizen uh, come alive. I mean, I, I don't think there's anyone out there besides Derek Smart who just really wishes it crashes and burns. But I don't think anybody wins if the game crashes and I burns. Actually, um, I'm on the other side now. After watching the you, video, I, I, I'm on the crash and you burn. You're on the crash and burn now? You're on the you're from the camp of wishing it that I was so insulted. Did no one watch a Terry Gilliam film over there at Robert Space Industries? That was embarrassing. And now I'm, I'm, I'm with Derek. Derek, please unblock Omar so we can follow you again. Please, okay? Unblock me on Twitter, please. I never even please messaged unblock. him. <laughs> we love you, Derek. I never even messaged him. And he blocks me on Twitter. Why? Uh, we, we talk shit months ago. We talk shit. It's all right. We're, we're supposed to talk shit. It's a podcast, all right? Let's look a little a shit podcast. around, you know? Make it fun. We're actually all reading off of, um, what are those cards? We don't actually, you know, this is all planned. Punch cards. We planned so hard. Yeah, index, little index cards. And Smart follows me on Twitter, by the way. Oh, really? wow. I think he follows me, too. Yeah, he follows me. Wow, he, he follows. Oh, 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 oh
What the hell? Come on, D smart. Hold on. Um, I gotta look. Yeah, I don't, no, think... don't actually hold on. I don't think any like um any kind of hate for a game should ever reach Derek Smart proportions. I mean, the guy is like almost made a career himself right now bashing Star Citizen. And if you ever on like the, the traders being that salty, like no matter what you're dealing with, right? Even if it's like an outright scam, like a pure scam. Spoilers, mm -hmm. there are a lot of scams on the internet, you know, like all the time. Like to be that against it and to like make your identity like, oh my god, I hate this so much. Like you then you're going too far to the salty like uh, avenue. And like that doesn't really serve anyone, you know? Don't hate on any game to shut down. Like I, I hope all these games come out. Be skeptical, but don't go full Derek Smart on any game. It's just not healthy for you. For I think anyone, you really. just said it best. Be skeptical. Be skeptical in all areas of life. Trust nothing that doesn't pass your own uh, reasoning. And I think too many people are willing to to, to buy into whatever seems exciting and new. Um, be skeptical, please. Jesus Christ, please be skeptical. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess we should take it in a more positive direction now. Maybe something we're excited for. Oh, a very small positive uh, thing I want to update you guys. Last week I talked about retirement savings with uh, trench coat investing, and I've actually bought what? a third trench coat. I, I have three trench coats in Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. It's a oh. virtual <laughs> item that you can buy and sell in the Steam Marketplace. I bought my third one. I paid ninety uh, ninety two dollars for it, I believe, and the price on my trench coats are going up. I want you guys to know I'm making money. I bought. I actually got in on this. <laughs> oh, I suckered, I suckered shoot it, and I got twenty percent of what she put in. You know, because uh, I referred her in, and then we got the, <laughs> we got the we got the scam going this way too. No, but, but I already made money off of it, right? Like, I mean, I mean, yes. the investment already paid off. I purchased you, you paid ninety five, I believe, or ninety two, ninety two fifty, and the bid is at one hundred, and the ask is one hundred three. So each each trench coat can be sold today for a hundred bucks, a hundred yeah, hundred dollars. So I have three of those. I, I bought eighty. I paid eighty bucks each. So I'm already up like 50 bucks on my trench coats. And actually, the bandana I bought for $40. It's another rare item in the game you actually only get from pre-orders. Uh, I bought it for $40, and it goes for about $80. So I made $40. I made about 100 bucks speculating on I bought one yesterday. Items. And this is like a week. Yeah, so prices are going up. And my retirement looks sound for the time being. And it rests on the bull market and player unknowns battlegrounds uh, commodity. I, these items over there. I'm hoping the game is popular in two years, and I'm going to cash out my chips and uh, buy myself a condo in Miami Beach. That's, that's the plan. Well, your, your time your timetable keeps going up. It's going from six months to a year to two years. Omer, just pick a time, stick with it, and stop trying to bet for longer. I made a hundred bucks. I'm gonna I'm gonna cash out when I make five G, and I'm gonna roll that five G into uh into the craps table and, and win more money that way. That, that's the plan. That's the mmos.com retirement account, by the way. That's your 401ks over there, too, by the way. I have I, I, I have your bonuses riding on these player unknown trench coats. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm having fun speculating on that. Take away something more positive. Omer, Omer, Omer wakes up and gets a rush because he sees that it's slightly higher. It's gone up yes. like at least. <laughs> yes, it's, hey, it's up like $15. From, from, I wish I bought more. Mm -hmm. yeah, Omer sits there and he wakes up. He checks it and goes... <laughs> Ah, this is better than my waifu. <laughs> I, I, I got a story that gave me a smile, at least. It brightened my mm. day. Um, All right. So this, this is one of the first, uh, I guess, free-to-play studios whose games I played uh, was always S2 Games. Um, their games didn't really start free-to-play, but they all went free-to-play, whether it was Savage 2 or uh, Heroes of New Earth, which was, a Dota, which was Dota 2 before Dota 2 came out. 
And uh, they're going back to their roots of copying <laughs> other people's games. All right. They uh, released a game called Brawl of Ages on Steam. And this game is basically Clash Royale uh, ported to a PC and using assets from their failed MOBA, Strife, which was like a kitty kitty MOBA. Uh, just, just seeing the, you know, blatantly clone a game like this i mean people think paladins is like a clone of overwatch no wait till you play some s2 games games all right that's that's uh they they really perfected the clone um well it's actually uh even worse because they didn't even make the game they outsourced it to another company yeah <laughs> that's true they're technically the publisher but uh a lot of the assets the published the developer used were from s2 which to me implies there was some close collab- you know, collaboration between between the two studios I feel like they were too embarrassed to put their name as a developer because yes. they've already kind of been known to be the company that ripped off Dota with uh, Heroes of New Earth. I mean, there were heroes in uh, Heroes of New Earth, which are identical clones to Dota. I mean, it was, and the people played it because in the game, it was a great game, by the way. I played a lot of Heroes of New Earth, but it's undoubtedly was a Dota clone. I mean, and, and it was really great because Dota 2 wasn't out at the time. And that was really your only uh, you know other option to play a Dota-like game before Dota 2 came out if you didn't want to play League. So it was a great game, but it was totally a Dota clone with the heroes identically ripped off with the same exact stats and the same the exact same map. abilities. The same map. Same map, everything, yeah. yeah. Everything was the same. Didn't didn't Ice Rock work on it, though? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was a rumor. Yeah, he did. So he's he's kind of like the uh, player unknowns uh, of of MOBAs, you know? He's like the Ginsu of um, <laughs> their side. <laughs> yes. Uh, as for Brawl of Ages, uh, honestly, if if you want, if you're interested in this game based on the video you're seeing, just play Clash uh, Royale on your phone. Um, it's just it's just easier, I think, a better experience. But to their credit, this game is not pay to win. Uh, once you unlock the cards, you you or the units or whatever they are, you own them outright. Uh, they don't get more powerful like they do on the phone with the Clash Royale. So it is balanced. You can you can get a good deck and be competitive fast. <laughs> Problem is, I don't really see it getting too big based on what I saw and the Steam numbers currently uh, online. But it's free. If you like Clash Royale a lot, you got burned out, try this one. Chill. <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't awful. It wasn't awful, but there's something about the colors which weren't which weren't great. But it's at least it's a balanced, uh, balanced version of Clash Royale, basically. Yep. And we'll see how much people value that balance or not, because... Clash Royale is 100% pay to win. This apparently is no pay to win, so we'll see if that actually gives it any, uh, you know, staying power or not. Not if it's not on mobile. There you go. It's got to be on mobile. I mean, they should release mobile first, if anything. People want to play these games on mobile, not not PC. Uh, speaking of mobile, I got a story I'm sure sure would like. Uh, oh, it's a big one. Yeah. Uh, oh fake, yeah. Fake Grand Order is coming to North America in the summer. Uh, sure. uh, I don't know if I'm gonna go back to it though, because um, I already, I'm already so invested in the Japanese one. I kind of wish they did um, the system where they just had like the translation for the Japanese version, and it was the same server. But I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you will not be able to port your account over. This is a separate account. So if you've been playing Fate Grand Order in the Japanese version, which we had a guide for, uh, you will not be able to come over to this new server that comes out. You got to start over. Uh, what kind of game is this? But, you again? know, it's like Wa- a waifu collector. waifu collector RPG. So it's like um, the only tactics really is like it, you have like these cards and you pick which cards to use. You, you draws a hand of five, and then each one corresponds to like a character and a type of attack, and then you use it depending on what the enemy composition is. There's like a you know weakness and 
resistance like a circle. Um, but it has a pretty good story, so that might be interesting to play in English because um, I can't read kanji. But mm -hmm. um, I actually looked at it recently and they actually um, updated a lot of the graphics even for older characters, which is something that I feel a lot of these games don't do because they can just make money making newer characters, but they actually went back and updated all the older characters, which is kind of nice. They made the graphics like significantly better. The animations are a lot more visceral, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's great. I should mention, I actually played can... the game. And I should, it, it, actually, I'm looking forward to the, uh, to the English release because I played the Japanese one, but I didn't want to get too invested at all into it because it's, it's not in English and it's going to be tough to kind of navigate. Plus, now that you're an official English one, uh, I can look forward to that. But it has actually really good production value. I mean, I, I don't know how much it costs to make the game, if there's any information out there. But, I mean, they, they didn't cheap it out. They got great music, great animations, good graphics. And the production value is really there. Uh, I mean, it looks gorgeous, too. Uh, great art. So that alone kind of just kind of, you know, differentiates it from all the other hero collectors out there. There are, there are a dime a dozen. There's just so many hero collectors. But of the polished, really good-looking ones, there probably aren't that many. And it's worth mentioning that this will probably end up being a huge release for the year because even mm -hmm. the Japanese version alone uh, made enough money for it to rank in, what, in the top 10 uh, mobile yeah. games. So with an Comparable to Pokemon Go. There, yeah. See, there he goes. And, that, and this is just in Japan. So when this comes out international, uh, if you guys haven't heard of this yet, I'm sure you'll be seeing it in the, in the top app store games or whatnot. I think ahead. one thing that really helps it is the setting, because even if you don't know fate itself, you can kind of relate to who the heroes are, right? Like they have King Arthur and yep. Mordred and all sorts of um, all legendary, legendary figures. Of yep. Golgomash. Mm -hmm. right. oh, the uh, animations are so good for the alts. Yeah, exactly. The production value is excellent in the game. It's one of the highest grossing mobile games in the world, based on uh, China and Japan only. And it's going to make mad money in the West. If you look at actually the, oh, the Reddit yes. page for it, there's like over 200 people uh, active on just the English subreddit for the game. That kind of gives you a barometer. Of how, yeah, I mean, a lot of real <laughs> games, a lot of games already out don't get that kind of numbers here. So wow. it's, and it's, it is a little process to uh, install the Japanese version too. So people are going through it. All right, it's the 100th podcast. So from now on, oh. I'm banning the term real games. We're, we're moving into the future, guys. These oh, are oh, games. I'm going to give it to Matt. I think that's fair. Mobile games are not real games. PC Master Race for life. Oh, I also want to announce this is the 100th episode. We will only cover mobile games from now on. Uh, yeah, we uh, bought the only, name mobile only... at Mose.com. We're going to redirect all the traffic there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> all right. I got to we're actually going to start a site called realgames.com. Sorry, Omar. Take it away. All right. Uh, actually, there's a... Potentially a bigger game, uh, the Fate Grand Order. Unfortunately, it's not really, really on the horizon. Uh, ThingSoft is actually developing a sequel to Dungeon Fighter Online. That's weird. That is weird. ThingSoft like did not make Dungeon Fighter Online, did they? No, that was good old Neopal, as most of us already so know. What are they doing? What is Neopal uh, doing? That's what I want to know. Um, well, ThingSoft, as you all may know, are the guys who are making name um, uh, the, the anime one. What, what's the name I'm blanking? Peria Chronicles. Yeah. They're making Peria Chronicles. There's the name. There it is. 
Don't you think it's a little weird that the 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 biggest franchise in MMORPGs, because again, Dungeon Fighter Online <laughs> makes more money than World of Warcraft, it's made more money than all the Star Wars movies combined uh, and box sales. This game is so successful. It is literally the highest grossing MMORPG in the world. Uh, they gave the the sequel to this game to an internal studio that's that hasn't even released the game yet. I mean, Paragon Chronicles isn't out yet. Uh, Neopol are the guys that made this <laughs> successful game of Dungeon Fighter Online. And now they're they're trusting the sequel and the success of the brand to a, a, a studio that, that has nothing yet, no experience on putting anything out. Is, that just seems very odd. I just I'm I'm concerned because like I've already expressed my concern over Peria Chronicles. Like I'm I'm not sure that it's going to be like a proper, fully fleshed out game because of all of the like user created stuff. And I've I've said that in the past, mm-hmm. and. To have them hand over this like valuable property to a company that may not even be making a game that's a fully fleshed out game, mm-hmm. and they can't do that with a sequel to Dungeon Fighter. Dungeon Fighter has to have pre-created content that people mm-hmm. go through because that's what people are going to expect. They're not going to expect all this like extra little you do you make it yourself kind of content, and. I'm, it, it concerns me, and I mean, the only thing that we know for sure that ThingSoft is really good at is do, making an anime aesthetic, like, really, really polished anime aesthetic. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm concerned that we're going to get this sequel to this game that is played by so many people, and it's going to be, like, really pretty, but ultimately vapid. I mean, look at the... They, 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 it's going to be Unreal Powered. And they actually talk about the constraints of side scrolling, right? And they want to get around those constraints with uh, with the Unreal Engine and what they want to do with the game. And if you talk about the constraints of side scrolling, I think one of the iconic and staple elements of DFO was its side scrolling gameplay and retro graphics. You know, you take that away, I don't think you have DFO anymore. I mean, please don't go the route of Ragnarok Online Two. I mean, Ragnarok Online Two had no soul. You know, it didn't have anything of the original Ragnarok, but some of the same Does, character designs. You know, why would they do like that? Nobody's learning from that. It's like. It's yeah. like so it was such a horrible disaster, like both iterations mm-hmm. of Ragnarok Online 2, when everyone really just wanted more Ragnarok 1, but like yeah. redone, like mm-hmm. HD graphics or something, you know? Like you can imagine they just did that, just like a completely new Ragnarok Online 1, like upgraded, uh, never mind, that's of Savior, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but why would they do this? It's such a, it's such a departure. I'll be, know DFO with something. I'm gonna be out of character and be the optimist on a on a 2D game going 3D here. Okay, you know I love the 2D aesthetic. It works. It's fine. There's no need for the sequel to be 3D. But with that said, uh, I'm I'm actually hoping they kind of go the route of Vindictus, another Korean game, kind of the same model where there's a hub and then you take these you know missions uh, and go out and fight. So if they make it like Vindictus, I think it can I think they can work. Why not? Imagine Dungeon Fighter Online. Uh, Vindictus. We've seen the Vindictus model with the, the that beat 'em up style gameplay so many times. But I think again, we haven't really seen the side-scrolling arcade retro look. And that you look at it, it looks amazing, and it's it's always been like eye-catching and cool. If you if the moment you just say another 3D, you know, Vindictus style game, <laughs> how, we, we there's so many games you know like Vindictus with that same concept. We we've actually played a whole Soul Worker Online. We played uh, Arpeel. There's literally like uh, there's the new one coming by. The guys that make Terror is coming in the West again. Forgot the name for some reason. The White Knights, something. The White Knights. Help White me Knights. Out here. What? Help me out. I don't know what you're talking about. It was a mobile game called something. Something. The White Knights. There's a PC version. 
It's called the Nita Sarkeesian's White Knights. I remember that, yeah. Critica, Critica? Critica, yeah. That is not made by the Terra guys. That is published by by the Terra publisher. Published by Terra guys. Okay, yeah. So that model, right, with the the Vindictus, with the 3DR has been done so many times. I wanted something, I don't know, it just seems the soul of the, I mean, obviously there's nothing really out there but some vague uh, ideas for the game, right? They could come out with something amazing. And then I'd be able to complement those side-scrolling elements maybe with, like, it still might not be fully 3D, but it might have some kind of, like, it might still use some side-scrolling within a, a somewhat 3D world. And it could be really cool. I'm just hoping they don't go too far away from their base and what made DFO great. Yeah. Just don't, go, don't make another Ragnarok like 2 Blunder where it just becomes this generic, soulless 3D game. That's what I feel, though. That that right? is That's my, that like. is my intuition, is that I'm, I, <laughs> I smell the Ragnarok Online 2 Blunder. I huh? hope that's not what it is, that they're smarter than that, but I mean, you're gonna make it if you're making a sequel to the most popular game in the world. I mean, it better be, yeah, monumental. You know, it better be like, oh, everyone's gonna want to play this. And I just don't see well, it happening, especially when the the company that made the original game isn't on this project. It just seems very odd. There, there are two problems. There are two key problems. So, Dungeon Fighter Online is the most profitable MMORPG in the world. Mm-hmm. Why would you make a sequel? Why not just let it ride it out? Yeah. Like, we, we, you don't need a sequel. Good point, the sequel. Good point. The sequel directly competes with the original game, which is fine when you're making offline games because mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You know, they can always play both. But you can't do that with online games because they require a certain amount of expenditure of time and mm-hmm. money. And you're going to either have to put it all of what you are going to spend time-wise or money-wise on one game, or you're going to have to feel like you're gimped in both games. So people are going to either ultimately go away from Dungeon Fighter Online or they're going to stick with Dungeon Fighter Online. And ultimately, it makes it a pointless endeavor, in my opinion, to make it a sequel. I mean, the thing is, they could have made exactly what they were going to make as a sequel to Dungeon Fighter, but not called it Dungeon Fighter, set it in a different world, and it wouldn't have been competing directly with Dungeon Fighter. But the fact that they're calling it a sequel ultimately makes it compete directly with Dungeon Fighter. Now, here's the other thing that concerns me. As I said, Thingsoft is an unproven developer making a game that may not even be like a proper MMORPG, and it may be too reliant on the community. And what that says to me is that they're pushing this the development of this game off to a company that maybe has some extra resources and is quote-unquote capable, but capable doesn't mean that they're going to make like a good game it just means that they're going to make a game that works you know i mean and maybe that's all that they're aiming for is a game that works but that's still problematic because it's not going to be what the fans want it to be well, regardless we can still be optimistic i mean we're just kind of speculating right now i mean are we optimists here are we optimists or are we pessimists don't, huh? don't they have a mobile game coming out and uh didn't we like not like the visuals of that Oh yeah, oh, yeah. It was, oh my god, the TFO mobile game. Yeah, yeah. TFO Spirit. I have to show you Stick that again. Stick with the pixel animation. Please, the love of God. Don't yeah, do yeah. Oh, I thought models. it looked really nice and smooth. Really? I thought it looked really? awful. I, I guess it's, a, it's an aesthetic taste then. It's all like uh, me, like me that baby. Hold on, I'm, I'm gonna show you my a video for here. I think maybe Actually, uh it comes to, it comes down to like how much do you like I love pixel art over like um isometric art over um three D <laughs> modeling. I thought something about the, the the graphics in DFO Spirit just felt like they took a beautiful look. I think I think the, the DFO look would look great on mobile, but they add this weird 3D look to it. I think I showed it to my brother too afterwards. After I recorded the video, I was just playing the game for fun, and I think he agreed with me at the time. But there's something about the art style in the game that looks like it, it's a departure from that slick uh, pixel art that I think made DFO look great. 
See, I always thought the TFO looked washed out and too much of like a specific color in too many areas. Again, regardless, I think I think we should all still admit that uh, at least Nexon kind of knows what they're doing. They have the most successful MRPG in the world right now with DFO, and DFO is still growing uh, in popularity. So maybe they'll pull off something amazing. I think DF the Identified Spirit is also is not fully out yet. I think it's still in beta. So I mean, all this stuff is still uh, you know, they could fix it all. They could I mean, the, the sequel could be amazing. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, you don't like the hand drawn art in the background. No, I think the 3D what? look of it looks awful for me. But I, I just I don't know. I could maybe they they clearly focus tested it, right? I can't imagine they just did this without testing it and asking other people what they think. Well, maybe you're, but maybe you're just, maybe you're so just fucking an old curmudgeon. Wait, wait, know? wait, Matt, Matt, are you talking about the background? No, I think the backgrounds are fine. I think what we have an issue with is uh, the 3D is, models and the characters. Well, that, I mean, yeah, character models. See. The thing about the character models is that one, they stand out from the background because they're vibrant compared to the background, which is very, um, you know, not as vibrant, but it's like beautifully rendered. So you don't think about the fact that it's not as vibrant. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, the animations are very smooth. So it just looks good in motion. I mean, uh, I don't see what you guys are complaining about. I think, but, no, I mean, I, man, I think very you're different. Right. I think you're totally right. I think it comes down to a um, you know like an arbitrary aesthetic appreciation. I think I think Omer Nerhan here you know they just express like compared to the the pixel art of Dungeon Fighter they prefer that. I, I don't think it, it's not like a criticism. You're right though. It's totally smooth. It looks fine. I think on, on its own. I think it's just that the comparison like if you were to choose a style. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? We would choose. No, no, you're, you're, right, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Like I think I also like pixel art, but I mean I will say that you're right. It, it is it's smooth. It looks fine for what it is. Like if you were to judge it solely on its own, it's just when you compare it to its predecessor, it doesn't have the same um, because it lacks that same outward appearance. Uh, it can be a little jarring for some people. With that said, but, you know I... it's funny. A lot of mobile games do use the same um, yes. appearance. It's like it's a very it's a very common um, uh, thing to use these three D models. And same with like uh, RPGs. Like I know that the, all the Final Fantasy games on mobile, uh, you know, they use you know, they also go for the 3D model uh, aesthetic. But you know, it's fine. It's whatever. I think it's easier to have 3D models that look bright and vibrant and make them look right because with 3D models, you can apply a lot more shading, so you can get the shading to look just right, and you can have like sure. fades around the edges or make it brighter around the edges, and you can make them pop in a certain way. And so ultimately, it's a lot easier for developers to take 3D models and um, you know, I, make it I look a certain percent right. I bet that's no, we, exactly why they went with it. I do like we, pixel we, art. We need though. to break the tie. It's a two-two tie right here. Shoot, what looks better? Does, do you like the? Oh, I'm like actually, I'm actually, no, it's not a tie because I'm actually with you guys. I'm just okay. Oh, okay. I do wow, like pixel wow. art. <laughs> shoot, let's sorry, shoot. Anyway. We're not, we don't need you, but I understand where Matt's coming from. I think he's right too. What do you that, think about the 3D in this uh, Dungeon Fighter Spirit video on the stream? The 3D character models versus the character models themselves, yeah. Mm, I like 2D. <laughs> there it is. Personal preference. But then I'm biased. I mean, yeah. like that's not even a fair question. Actually, we're all biased. Yeah, everyone's so biased. Journalism going over here, huh? Neither is object. We only have one journalist here, okay? That's it. <laughs> but it's like you're you're already asking me a question. You know the answer to it. You know. No, maybe you changed your mind. Maybe you had like a yeah. nice like Cobb salad the day you changed your mind. You're staring at the a nice sunset. 3D you know, Cobb yeah. salad, you know? Yeah, yeah, Change exactly. You on 3D versus 2D. <laughs> right, what else we got here, huh? I got an optimistic piece of news. Oh, uh, please, we I need like one optimism. of those. I like optimism. And here's something in the podcast I've I've mentioned before and kind of uh, I've uh, 
railed against Sky Saga and their infinite series of alphas, okay? Yes. They've oh, 11, they right? 12 alphas. 12 I mean, alphas. Oh, my God. Okay. Alpha. I've been over this with you guys, and it, it never went down. It, it's not a different alpha. It's a major version number. Matt, Hold up. They're calling their, it the end know, of alpha. They're calling it an alpha, Matt. Yeah. Every single one has been an alpha as per their own email. Yes, but it's, but it's the same map. as like Star Citizen 3.0. It's literally just a version number. That might not basically. be the, the best persuasive uh, uh, yeah. comparison. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. It's just it was, what, what the first mean, thing yeah. came Look, they're calling it an alpha. I'm calling it an alpha. I mean, I don't know what else to say to that. Um, this game was originally... It's one alpha. No, it's not. Look, Matt, I have an email that says uh, Alpha 8 launches next week for Sky Soccer. You tell me that's not the 8th Alpha? That's you, a version have... number. It's a version number. Wait, so, Matt, okay. This is a unique you issue. <laughs> this, is a, this is a circular. This is a circle drug. So where are you going with this, uh, Mr. Uh, Erhan? Okay, my point is they're finally leaving Alpha as announced on their official uh, site here, and they will be entering Beta. This is probably one of the longest alpha <laughs> processes I've seen. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a good thing though. Maybe they didn't jump. Maybe they're, they're the only studio in all of in, of the industry to not jump the, the <coughs> damn gun and claim that they're now an early access title. Maybe this is a this is a good sign. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy for them. I'm glad they're going to open uh, beta. Uh, <laughs> it's a sign of assurance. I'm happy to give them another look, guys. It's a really cute game. I think it make a okay. great you know casual. Jump in, you know. What's play. it called again? Sky Saga. Sky Saga. Check, okay. Take a look at the uh, site, Gumball. I think you'll like it. <coughs> okay, fair enough. I'll take a look right now. But do you think this will compete with Trove? Because I feel like that's the closest yes, it, uh, it, thing you're going to see. It will be competing. Yeah, with Trove? I, 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 it's going to compete directly with Trove. The core difference is that Sky Saga. It's so you have like the instances in games like vindictus but imagine okay better comparison so you remember in skyforge you had the open world things there were instances but you just kind of get thrown into an instance with a bunch of other players rather than it being your own and it's kind of like a questing zone but it's still an instance and it's still separated from the hub do you remember mm -hmm. that in skyforge that's yeah. how all of the levels are in sky saga so mm -hmm. you go in you do your kind of like little quests in a randomly generated area so it's a little different and then you jump back to the hub you get more quests you go back out and repeat forever in trove you drop into an instance from the hub and that instance is just where you stay for the entirety of your play session unless you just happen to like go to want to reset and go somewhere else so the the way that you do it is a little different and your main hub is actually not going to be like the hub world the hub world is just where you go to buy sell and to get quests but your base of operations is going to be an actual like base. So like Trove's club worlds, but made for a specific person rather than like a club and you can customize it. So it's a, it's a little different, but it is going to be competing directly with Trove because ultimately it's still a, an action RPG with like the kind of instance thing in the hub world. And um, it has the whole voxel look to it, but I think it has a chance. And the reason that I think it's, has a chance is because it's being backed by Smilegate. And, mm -hmm. you know, Smilegate has uh, Crossfire or whatever it is. Whichever shooter, I'm pretty sure it's Crossfire. Um, crossfire. And so Crossfire is ex exceptionally popular. So I, I, think they know what, I think they know what they're doing when they picked it up, you know? So, but, 
Don't you think uh, Trove has an advantage of having like a first mover advantage for this like free to play look of this style game? It might have an advantage. Like, there are similar looking games. And it similar, might, you know. It might have an advantage, but as someone who played both, I will say I think Sky Saga, even even though I played it two years ago, I'm showing a video, guys, of Omar and I playing together. Uh, Sky Saga. This is two year old <coughs> video. Okay, I'm almost two. July 2015, and I gotta say, uh, Sky Saga looks much better to me. It's brighter. The colors are more vibrant. It has that whole, you know. You have your own little area that you can go off on missions on, as Matt was saying. And I, I, I really enjoyed uh, the visuals. And I, I actually am looking forward to playing open beta with you guys on a grind fest or something. Also, Remo, keep in mind that people who played Trove and they really enjoyed it, they might have been burnt out by Trove sure. itself at this point. So they're going to look for a game that's similar yeah. and they'll just move to that. You know, I think that games that are in the same genre have <laughs> trouble when they release too close together. But if you have enough time in between, then you're more likely to jump from one to the next. So that's true. I don't see why Sky Saga can't steal players from Trove, especially since, look, I only heard about this game through you guys. I don't think that they've ramped up their their marketing yet. I really haven't seen much from this. No. I hear about it kind of peripherally. I mean, Shrian pushed Trove uh, quite a bit. I think that uh, once Sky Saga starts like ramping up their gears, we it could, you know, we could see those Trove numbers dip, or at least we're going to see Sky Saga do well. This game called. Oh, no, I'm actually curious. Rucksacks. There's only one other game I know that does that. Do you know what game I'm thinking of? Rucksacks? Calls it backpack or rucksack? Too close oh. to nutsack, but go ahead. <laughs> Come on, you have to know. What game calls backpacks rucksacks? Is it Ultima? No, no. no. Harvest Moon, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It does. I, never, I, I actually never Harvest played Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon calls well, their backpacks they, rucksacks. So weird. Well, this game does too. There are rucksacks in uh, State of Decay, too. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. I think War Z also did. I think Iraq is right. I think War Z called their bags rucksack. I think that's why I like War Z because it sounded like nutsack, and that's what I always wanted. That's what oh. I always wanted for a bag. Yeah, rucksack is a non-American way to say that. Today I learned. Somebody said they're called rucksacks in the UK all the time. We just refer so to them as bags. I'm gonna, I'm gonna smoke a faggot, and I'm gonna put the rest of my faggots in the rucksack. Is that what I'm getting at here? <laughs> oh wait, this is still child friendly, right? Oh, cigarettes yeah, of course. Of course. We talk, you talk okay. about cigarettes and uh, sticks, right? You good? I love cigarettes and sticks. I like to drown my stick in ketchup, right? <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> That's a very presidential taste of you, Gumby. <laughs> Do you have any more positive news? We are. Uh, I don't think we're Debbie Downers, but let's see if we have some more positive news. Uh, I, got some positive. I got some, I got some well, positive. You, you are just the the bastion of positivity. Please let us know. All right, we got we got Asta online. Launching, okay, that's not positive. Uh, that's, that's not. That's, 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 that's very positive. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> let me find it on. But yeah, this game uh, is very odd that this game is still first of all still around, but they're relaunching on Steam, and there's actually a release date sometime later this month. Uh, this is hilarious the, to me, by the way. The people that make. Uh, Digimon Masters Online somehow uh, weasel their way into the license uh, for this bad boy. <laughs> I want to point out that the developers shut down. Yes, oh, yeah. I, gave, I gave you the wrong, wrong link. Oh, why can't I find the right link? It's funny how no, most games that re-release on Steam are typically like, you know, they have beards. You know, they're old. They're older games. But Asta, fuck shit. They, they're like a year old, right? They shut down when? October 4th, 2016? Wait yep. a second. They shut down on October 4th, 2016. That's not even, what, six months ago. And now they're yeah. re-releasing under a new uh, publisher on Steam. Um, 
it's funny. I don't know. Like, is there like a memo that goes around to like companies with games that failed and they're like, oh, push your game on Steam. Maybe you'll have some luck. Like, all these games show up on Steam again. And I just don't understand why. Because some of them do okay. Most of them just get nothing. Um, we have Conspiracy a list. theory, all right? Steam is it. actually secretly a school for MMO necromancers. <laughs> oh. They are the preeminent well, necromancer. Yes. Are you mm -hmm. telling me that it's Little Witch Academia? Is that it? <laughs> oh, great anime. Here, anime. We actually have an editorial that shows you all the games uh, that were relaunched through Steam. And uh, Asa is going to be joining this list. I mean, these are games like Night Online, which is one of the few successors, Nine Dragon, Dark Eden, uh, mm -hmm. Kala Online, Cabal, Lucenheart, and now Asta, a game that's only six months uh, since it shut down, will be. On this list, the rest of these games are like uh, at least five years old, I would say. Mm -hmm. Legend of Air. Uh, I mean, is this still, <laughs> uh, still played? Is what still played? Loose and hard. Loose and hard. No, almost nobody plays it. The game's basically dead. There's a very they small a, audience. They had an item mall update though on the tenth. Wow. Shoe, no can you guess your users? Shoe, I want you. I only want to hear from Shoe. Shoe, how many people do you think are playing Loose and Heart right now? I'm going to give you a hint. It's two numbers. Two numbers, Shoe. Who did this? Uh, 15. So it was a good guess. Yeah, oh, you God. I was being. I was being. Uh, You're a little generous, Shoe. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idealist. It's okay. The glass is half full for you. Loose and Heart was never good. Never good. Guys. I mean, I wish I bid for the license to Asta Online, but apparently Move Games uh, snatched <laughs> it before me. I, I was looking for a game to Necromancer oh. ourselves, but we couldn't We couldn't grab one, unfortunately. Asta would have been a good I, one. I would have been a thousand sure. bucks. Probably would have ended up bidding right. them because there's no way they paid that much for this. I wonder how well, much I feel like what be. happened with... I feel like what happened with Asta is that there was a decent audience, but, like, WebZen didn't want to deal with it because it was still just too much effort for how... Little the audience was overall, and Move Games saw a chance. I mean, they brought it back too quickly for it not to have been making like any money at all. You know what I mean? Let's take a let's make a bet. Let's make a, some predictions rather, not a bet. Predictions. Oh, get the uh, Excel sheet out. Hold on. Excel sheet is out. Predictions. Uh, let's say two weeks after this game launches. All right, two weeks uh -huh. exactly. Two weeks what the, to the date. What, what would the what would the what would the what would the player be the peak player base be that day? One so twenty. We'll My base. guess is one twenty. One hundred and twenty people. I remember, two weeks is still kind of new, so I'm gonna say 175. 250. Price is right rules, by the way. If you go over, you lose. <laughs> Gumbo, I got some bad news for you. Uh, you put up an article about Soul Saver Online coming to Steam, but you didn't update your little uh, list there. Eat shitter, huh? I was gonna <laughs> do it, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't actually, uh, Soul, I'm just. Uh, I'm gonna say 205. Okay, oddly specific. All right, Shia, what about you? How many people will be playing uh, Asta Online two weeks after uh, it It's okay to be Steam. specific when it's Price is Right rules. Yeah, it's Price is Right rules. I'm giving myself Price that right five rules, just in case it's over. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do one. one. All right, yeah, she says one. She says one because she's Price is Right rules. We could all we could have all overshot. Yo, it's like Shue, I want to point out Shia. <laughs> if there was anybody out there who was adventurous, if we compiled every Price is Right rules bet, you are always the asshole. Who bets either one or like one over? I'm just being awesome. <laughs> game hard. Yeah, I know. That's a fair guess. Watch it actually turn out to be like five, and she's actually like the closest as well. Oh my god! Like on top of you know. 
<laughs> uh, Tasty Toad, uh, he asks if they ever go through. We actually, I think we've been pretty good. A lot of our bets have been coming up lately, and I think the last podcast or two before we had a bet confirmed or denied. So we have been trying to be better about actually following our bets. Is it there a, been paid like a for any of these bets? Uh, another there buy. I got the max level in uh, what's it called? Uh, God, I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> Such a bullshit bet. Icarus Online. Oh yeah, level twenty. Good job, bro. Well, it's a max level. That's like that's like the original Guild Wars right did, there. You hit did I pick? Did I pick the max level. level, or did Nixon pick it? All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The developers did, I guess. You met the Korean version where it was like sixty on launch, right? Come oh. on. <laughs> is the bet sheet public? The one that uh, yeah. No. Uh, well, between us, it is. Yeah. That's why we fix it. Don't you know that we are, we are scam artists over here? We fix the bets <laughs> between ourselves. I'm, I'm, gonna, nice. I, I'm gonna lose a bet soon. I, I said Wildstar would uh, shut down, right? This month? Yeah. So, you did. So I don't think it's gonna happen, boys. You still have time. You still have time. All right. Shouldn't a remo be losing? It doesn't happen. You have to pay us all. Uh oh. <laughs> Man, I, I owe you a Red Lobster dinner. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you on Second Life. We're gonna go find with the Red Lobster uh, server or the Red Lobster Meta World. We'll sit down. You know, have some biscuits. Uh, the Dinker. You thank you for the two dollar donation. Ching. Oh, thank no, you. No, you know, he'll probably take it to his favorite strip club too while he's at it. You know. Yeah, you should I, make I, sure Omar takes you to a, nice uh, there, right? a red lobster fetish that. club. Yeah. So what? It'll be like Otherland where the strippers take off their skin. Ooh. Ew, no, what? But they, 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 they take off their clothes and then they're like, "Oh, you were tame." Yeah, I, I like, I yeah that's me. Second life. That's me. I, 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 I was stripping. It was an interesting experience. I played the only time. Ever. The only time I ever yeah, went to second life was with Remo. E-Fame gets you E-Strippers. Oh, I got the, I, I get the free lap dances on Second Life. Yo, they were actually bronze uh, tier League of Legends players, like literally bronze. Oh, do you remember, Omer, if second, if Star Citizen releases, I remember you have to drink a oh, yeah, yeah. sun-cooked Bud Light Lime. I'm and I remember that because... Remember that. <laughs> Bud Light Lime is, is kind of gross uh, to begin with, though it's a great beach drink, but a warm one. My fuck, you're fucked. I hope it doesn't release for your sake. Jeez. <laughs> All right. But this is the 100th episode of the MMOs.com podcast. I think we're coming to an end here, unless anyone has any final thoughts. Oh, I the... stole that from you, Omar. I took that shit and I went with it. The, the final <laughs> thought, guys, is stick around. This is going to be a pretty uh, interesting after show this time. If you're watching on YouTube, you will be missing it on this um, we will be doing a separate smaller giveaway on youtube uh just keep an eye out for that in the next few days but for uh, everyone else there'll be a fun giveaway uh a game of skill game skill. of love game of, but, skill. Game of love. but before that remember to keep donating so american pay is due. <laughs> 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 all right guys I, i'm so i'm so hungry <laughs> stick around uh, for the after show, I'm going to be calling it for YouTube. Uh, thanks again for watching. Uh, that's it. 100 episodes. Right, later yes. later for YouTube. 100 episodes. Yeah! Goodbye. Yeah.